0: Welcome to the Empowered You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Espino, a former licensed social worker turned spiritual empowerment coach and transformational speaker. And I am on a mission to help you rediscover who you truly are on a soul level so you can create the life you truly desire and make the impact that only you were born to make. This Unfiltered Podcast is your weekly Espino Espresso shot of empowerment, information, strategies, incredible guests, fun, and so much more, all geared towards helping you believe with pure conviction that you are more than enough and have the power and abilities within you to make your dreams and desires a reality. Because let me tell you, sunshine, the world needs you. Now let's get this party started. Welcome back, sunshines, to another episode of the Empowered You Podcast Bow, 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so fired up. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. And I'm so honored that you are here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You literally came during the one of the best episodes, I swear. If you're rocking with me, welcome back. I love you so much. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And today's episode is literally so fucking juicy and so powerful Today's guest, she's going to provide you with so much perspective shifts and paradigm shifts and really expand your consciousness and your awareness. And I'm just so freaking excited to get into today's episode that I'm not going to have this like long ass intro. Let's get right into it. So, today's guest, her name is Ellie Reichner. And if you see her on Instagram, it's the period wild period shaman. So, you already know the wild shaman. That is what I'm freaking talking about. And Ellie, She's a trauma-informed shamanic energy healer, and after being in a state of chronic stress, also known as survival mode, for most of her life, Ellie had a spiritual awakening that altered the course of her existence. Her experience guided her into trauma-informed studies on the nervous system, and her study of trauma's impact on the body led her to understand that true healing requires a mind, body, and spirit connection, and she has been able to weave her spiritual gifts and trauma knowledge into her energy healing. Ellie believes in infusing science and spirituality into your practices, and her main focus is understanding how trauma affects us holistically. In today's episode, I mean, there's, we touched on so many things and it just keeps on getting better. So make sure you stay to the end because literally there are so many gems. There's so many huge takeaways in this episode. We literally talked about so many things and Ellie's so down to earth. She's so in her power. She's so authentic. She's so raw. It's such a good episode. You're gonna love it. And we're definitely gonna bond because I definitely share a lot about myself as well. So with that said, let's get this party started in five four, three, two, one. Welcome, Ellie, to the Empowered You podcast. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am
1: so excited to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. I feel like it's going to be really explosive and expansive. So thank you for having me
0: girl i'm so i'm so grateful i don't know how we connected online on instagram but you posted something which we're going to get into in this episode for sure but you posted something that triggered my soul but in the best fucking way ever and i was like holy shit i reshared it right away i reposted it and i i you know you were like oh thanks for sharing and i was like i love you i loved your content and then I heard the voice of, you got to have her on the podcast. So then I was like, oh, so tell me more about your work. And then you sent me like two voice notes and I was like, oh my God, please come on the podcast. So I'm so happy that you're here and that you're open and that you're willing. I'm really, I'm really honored to have you here.
1: Yes. Thank you. I can't wait to dive deep into all the things because I feel like we both have so much to share. Your perspective on spirituality and the inner child has really just open my eyes to how there's so many layers to healing that we get to, we we get to be a part of, that we get to dive deep into. So I'm I'm honored.
0: Yay. Awesome. Okay, babe. So let's get right into it. Now, this is more broad questions. And so what exactly is a shaman? And I know that's a big, that's a big question because I know there's all different types of shamans and, but I'm really curious of your personal perspective of what a shaman is.
1: Yeah. So I think it took me a while to kind of figure out what a shaman is Um figuring out how to integrate it in my life. I think I came from the background of a lot of trauma. Um, I had a near death experience. I had a lot of things in my life that happened to me that I couldn't quite make sense of it. I couldn't quite understand why things were so hard for me um, growing up. And as an infant, um, there is a lot of just trauma and death in my life. And I just feel like I couldn't escape it. Um, I am a Scorpio. So I was like, well, maybe it's just a Scorpio nature to be in constant chaos. And I was like dying for the first seven years of my life, like a lot of trauma in my early years. Um, and I, you know, we just all move on with like, what kind of happens and unfolds for us, but I couldn't quite make sense of those experiences until later on in life when I had a spiritual awakening. Um, My spiritual awakening, I think shamans, have more of a spiritual remembrance. It's not that we're awakening to something new, but awakening to like remembering our lineage, remembering um, past lives even. There's a lot of like the path of a shaman is kind of different than spirituality. Um, And they're both woven in really well together. Um, but when I started to, to work with, um, other people who were calling themselves shamans, somebody told me they were like, Ella, you're a shaman. And I was like, wait, what? Um, And so these pieces, these parts of shamanism that exploded for me and kind of made sense for me is a lot of shamans have near-death experiences um, and they have a lot of remembrance. Like their spiritual awakening isn't just something like, oh, you know, I'm I'm open to the signs and the symbols. And, you know, I'm really curious about this tarot deck or, you know, this sound bowl. It was like, oh, past life right away. (laughs) It's like starting to see people's past lives, Um, I honestly thought I was going crazy. Um, I started to, um, my mediumship mediumship skills really just came online one day. It was kind of like everything was happening to me at once but then everything was making sense at once if that makes sense because I was like, oh, well wait, this part of shamanism has been in my life ever since I was a kid. So I think shamanism for me um, is about helping people remember like their power, their ancestral lineage, um, doing shadow work—it's—it's it's a direction inwards, and it's funny because spirituality is this direction outwards. So I really learned spirituality is a journey with self, um, and shamanism. I think too, there's been a shaman in almost every tribe in the world um, when we were tribal before you know the Western culture came in. Um, Every tribe had a shaman. So in Africa, shamans were known as medicine man and medicine woman, and they would help tribes to kind of be like shamans are the mediator between like the human realm and the spiritual realm. So they walk that line of death um, between the metaphysical. And I think that that's kind of like a huge word vomit of like what shamanism is. But I think I get the chance to kind of discover what shamanism is throughout the rest of my life, not just here now and present, but that's how I feel about shamanism now is it's a call to remembrance. Wow,
0: babe. So powerful. So, I mean, you said so many things that I'm like, okay, where do I want to go with this? So did you, did you always have spiritual abilities? You just didn't realize it until you got, until someone said, Hey, you know, you're a shaman or like, can you kind of share with us a little bit more of that experience? Yeah.
1: So, um, I think when I was younger, I was very open because I did, I remember dying as a kid and like going somewhere that wasn't of earth um, and wow. being there for a bit and then coming back to my body. Um, and so I think because of that near-death experience or the actual death experience, um, I could see things as a kid. Um, I was like... I would talk to archangels all the time, you know, and I grew up very religious in a Christian household. I don't adapt to those beliefs anymore. But at the time it was like, oh, well, she's connected to God. And like, because she was so sick as a kid, you know, she she got blessed with this experience to see like the other side of things. Um, and I think wow. my spiritual gifts have always, they've always kind of been there. I just didn't know how to make sense of them in my own way. I could make sense of them in a religious way. But I think it's been very healing for me to make sense of them outside of religion um, because there's more of a spectrum there to understand spiritual gifts. I think my spiritual gifts started to make more sense to me that I was gifted because most people don't even realize they're gifted until somebody tells them they're gifted. Mm. Um, And so I think for me, I had the realization when my mediumship skills started to, to come online that I was like, oh, wait. I can talk to dead people. I thought everybody could do that. Like, I, I really honestly had no record, like no knowing that it was something not normal.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. And that religious programming, I mean, was that really difficult for your, like, once you started really embodying this spiritual shamanism work? Yeah. Yeah. What was that?
1: Yeah. It was a really hard transition for me. Um, I love my family, but they're very much in their belief of religion Um, at the time. My grandparents still very much are. A lot of my family members have seen a different light in religion and walked away from the the beliefs, but my grandparents were so resistant to a lot of the things that I was into. Um, A lot of things that I got into were to help me make sense of what was going on because I was like, well, I'm not a Christian anymore and I don't never really align with that belief, but how do I make sense of this now? that like, I don't have per se, like the narrative of Christian religion to help me make sense of this connection to whatever <laughs> has always been present. So it was almost like this re-identification of like who I was. And it was almost like I lost my identity for a minute there. I was like, well, does this mean that I'm bad? You know, that I'm going to hell or like all those beliefs that were taught that like, well, well if you look at a tarot deck, you know, you're going to hell. Like, mm-hmm. I've had like a family member, like, I was like, first in my like spiritual journey, I think we all get used to like, oh, get the crystals, get the tarot, get the sound bowl. So I started to get into crystals and I love my grandmother. Um, but she was like, well, you know, I'm praying for you. You know, if, if you are, um, collecting crystals, I'm like, grandma, like, this isn't like, I'm not like bad, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not seeking something that's evil. I'm just trying to make sense of what, who I am now, my spirituality. Um, and I love her so much. She's a really beautiful soul, but she just had a different perspective on things, um, than mm. I do. So it was really hard for me to, I kind of had to like re-identify myself.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. I can only fucking imagine. And through your, your healing work and all the things to have you uncovered why your soul chose, Your family like that religious I mean I don't know this might be too personal so feel free not to answer um but do you do you know why your soul chose your family
1: so I think I'm gonna put a different perspective on choosing your family I think I'm going to go with I don't think we have a control over who's in our life I think we just are around people that can activate us the best in the best way and i think for me my trauma didn't make sense right like the way that i grew up didn't make sense for me about like who i have always been like i think a shaman the beautiful part about shamanism is that it it really makes you see like who you are and who you've always been it helps you identify with like your experience um and i don't know why i why i grew up this way I think it's hard to make sense of why things were so different for me but I think it did teach me a few things about who I get to be rather than who I'm supposed to be does that make sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that my upbringing taught me
0: that Mm, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I mean, I'm so funny because these are all these questions that I was not going to ask, but I'm like, I have to. This yeah. near death experience, babe, because you said you remembered it, can you share with us a little bit more of that experience? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I've actually never shared this on a public forum before. Um, I think I've talked a lot about my birth mother. Um, I'm adopted, and um, she was really heavy into drug use during her pregnancy with me and I was born drug addicted. Um, cocaine, like all the drugs that you could kind of think of are in my system. I was really, really sick. I was premature. I wasn't supposed to make it for like the first seven years of my life, but I kept making it. I kept making it. I kept surviving. Um, and I kept living, um, which is crazy to me. Like it almost felt like to a point, looking back on my childhood, like, it felt like the world or the universe, like, didn't want me here. It felt like I wasn't supposed to be here. And that's my power of shamanism is that I, have like, conquered death. I feel like I've conquered, like, the f- that first seven years of my life being very scary. So I, uh-huh. I remember as a kid being very open about my near-death experience. But I think, like, it was re-identified to just, oh, she's really close to God. Um, but girl, like I think about two years ago, was it in 2020 or 2019? Is that two years ago already? Oh my gosh. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I did this like deep meditation that like to do some inner child healing. And oh you no, know, actually no. I had got Reiki attuned. And I don't know if you're familiar with Reiki or like getting attuned, but basically it opens your, your energy up so you mm. can do energy healing. And you can have like a very emotional experience. Some people don't even have an experience at all, but I had a very spiritual experience and I saw myself like in this incubator, literally just like really sick. And then I saw like a tombstone and then I saw like these angels um, and I like went to this realm and then came back. So I had this very like spiritual mental like psychological like remembrance of like oh i think i died for like a, a minute there um so yeah i think that that's when i kind of had that realization and it was really traumatizing for me because i was like oh my god like that part of my life i thought that i worked through that i thought that like you know we all kind of think we work through things but there's still so much to uncover in this spiritual aspect of healing and that kind of surfaced for me and i was like okay I think I died. I think that that like symbolization was that I died. Um, and I came back. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the realization that I had in the very psychological
0: mental remembrance way. Wow. Babe, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm like, (laughs) I'm really honored that you, I know you were like, I have never talked about this publicly. So I'm really, really honored for you to like share that with us. Um, did you feel like that sense of oneness, like when you had or was it just really like traumatic? Or did, like, yeah. I'm asking because I had a I recently had a, not recently it was like in December but I guess recently whatever on time. Um, but yeah. I had a ayahuasca journey, a ceremony where like I I um thought I died and I was like, what the fuck? Where are my angels? Where are my ancestors? Where's the light? And it was just yeah. darkness. And I mean, there's a lot that you know I've unpacked about that, but. I then was triggered. I never was triggered about death because I always felt that was what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, then I was scared of death. And now I'm like, um, i I've worked through it. But I'm curious if you felt yeah. that sense of oneness that is reported for people that have experienced that. Yeah. So I think for me, what's
1: interesting about like my near death experience is that it brought me it's 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 I don't even know how to describe this honestly it brought me to a place that can't be understood like that Mm. can't be described that can't be seen really um and as a kid um I was very much like very connected to angels and like archangels um and like I always had that connection to spirits um but I didn't experience that near like the near death part where I felt like I was like maybe physically, I feel like, yes, I physically left my body and came back, like, because souls can do that. Um, but I think it's hard to explain what a near-death experience is and what it means to be on the other side of, like, this earthly realm. Um, so I think I still have a lot of processing to do
0: (laughs) around that. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um have you seen the Netflix documentary on like I think it's called Surviving Death or or something like that? No. I don't There's, think I've seen it. I'll have to watch it. It's a couple episodes, but it, I I was like right on time because it was literally a couple weeks after my ayahuasca experience and the first episode was like after um no, no. It was a near death experience episode and I got so much comfort out of that because like but they said the same exact thing. They're like we uh, there's no words to describe it. You know, like we're limited with our words, with our language. And um, so I definitely, (laughs) I received that. Thank you for sharing. Um, Okay. So let's go back to like the questions I wanted to ask you because (laughs) after your story, I was like, hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask. Okay. So what do you mean when you say you're a trauma informed shaman? Can you share with us a little bit more of that?
1: Yeah, so I think I have to go into my own experience of my spiritual awakening, my spiritual shamanism. Um, There's a lot of narratives that keep us disconnected, that keep us traumatized. Um, And I had to learn that the hard way when I had my spiritual awakening. And I think we need to be more aware of the body. That's what trauma-informed is, is we neglect, like, the body, we focus on what how trauma affects the brain, but we don't really talk about how it affects the spirit or the body. And so Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work and training and to understand how the spirit and the physical body are affected by trauma and helping people integrate that, right? Because we can sit there and talk about it all day, but if the body can't process that experience, we're gonna keep living the same thing. We're gonna keep being traumatized basically. So to be trauma-informed shaman is to acknowledge um and make space for people processing those things that feel hard and really pay attention to the nervous system because the nervous system is our survival organ, it's our survival system, and we need that to process trauma. Um, that's mm-hmm. the, the classes that I took on the vagus nerve and the nervous system really taught me that um really honestly flipped the script. <laughs> In mental health world for me, I'm in no way form a mental health coach or have certifications, but somebody who's extremely traumatized, I kept running into talk therapy and, and things that are, that we know that work, that are great, but I wanted to do more and know more. And what I found when I do shamanism work with my clients is that we're kind of bringing up the shadow. We're bringing up the parts of us that we push away, that feel uncomfortable, that uh, we don't really want to dissect or go into. Um, and shamanism will bring that out in people that it will bring out what needs to be released. And we need a healthy nervous system for that. So in my practice, I do a lot of techniques to come, the physical body down and the spirit down actually before we process the shadow so that's what it means for me to be trauma informed is just understand the nervous system and like the chakras and the auras too as well because they process trauma they also hold trauma um, and we really need to be informed on how to process it not just how to talk about it
0: does that make Mm -hmm. sense yeah, girl, but hold on. You said something that I literally wrote down right away. I'm like, I have to ask her about this. When you said um, you help people calm their body, which I totally get, and then you said calm their spirit, I was like, what? Because I would think calm the mind, because the mind chatter yeah. is real. But can you kind of share a little bit more of that piece? Yeah. The spirit?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of books that I've read on... How trauma affects our energetic systems. And that's what I refer to as spirit. So, okay. your chakras, your auras, your meridians, um, they have their own survival instincts, just as the body does. And in a lot of um, cultures that study chakras and the energy systems, it's also known as like the secondary nervous system in the spirit. So, learning how to calm that nervous system that's in our spirit down while people are processing like the shadow is really, really important because their body feels ready for it their body, their nervous system's like, yeah, I'm ready for this. Right. When the nervous system feels like it needs to survive, it won't process. And it also won't open up. It won't open up our intuition. It will shut down. So when I, before I work with my clients, I open up their nervous system and do healing before we do anything else.
0: Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. And I definitely want to go into some tools, maybe if you can share, but before we yeah. go into the um, into that. Oh my God. It's like my mind balls. Oh my God. I hate when that happens. You are totally oh. fine. Balls. It'll come to me. Um, but okay. So can we, can you share some tools of yeah how we can calm the body and calm the nervous system? Yeah. And-
1: so the number one tool that I always do this with my clients before we get into shadow work is figuring out how you're breathing. Um, the, our lungs are the most powerful tool that we have in the body to really, really help the nervous system. And it's, it's, it's honestly the most successful thing. So what I'll tell people is I want you to place, and we can actually do this together on call. I'll show you. Um, yeah. So I want you to place one hand over your heart and I want you to place one hand over your belly. And I just want you to like sit with the body. And breath welcomes movement into the body. So I want you to pay attention to your hands and how they're moving when we take a breath in and when we take a breath out. Now key, like the most important tool in healing is our awareness, it's our intuition. So I want you to pay attention to which hand is moving more. Is it the hand over the belly? Or the hand over the heart when we take a breath in and when we take a breath out.
0: For me, it's the belly. I don't know if you're asking me or you're just saying it for the listeners, but for me. Yeah,
1: no, that's perfect. So that's, that is what I look for in my clients, because that means that you're getting oxygen to the whole body. When we're breathing with our heart and our hand, we're in our mind. We're not, we're not in tuned and in touch with our body. So before we do any type of work, healing work, we have to really bring that breath into the belly because wow. it's a sign that you're into your intuition. So belly breathing is powerful AF. like,
0: <laughs> And it really um, is just consciousness, like your awareness to be like, all right, let me expand the stomach more. And um, mm-hmm. like, so it's really, so anyone can do it is basically what I'm saying. Like no yeah. one has any oh, excuses yeah. Everyone can do it. It's yes. just being aware of it, yeah, and intentional. And
1: yeah, and that's the the thing that I realized in in my shamanism and in like the toxic narratives and spirituality is that we are constantly looking for solutions. For our healing outside of ourselves, a new Mm self-help book, a sound bowl, a crystal, you know, plant medicine, not that those things aren't important, but Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be the only avenue that you have for healing because you're neglecting what we already are all born with. We're born with the skin. The skin is actually a powerful nerve center for intuition. The lungs are also a powerful center for intuition. Um, our fascia, like the literal body, like that's where my shamanism has led me given all my like physical illnesses and stuff is like my shamanism points, point pointed me specifically to, well, how do I help people with their body and with the spirit to process like things? Like, I'm honestly not here for your mindset. Like I could give less, I could care less about like, like, I mean, not that it could care less, but it's not as important to me because the mindset comes from the body because they're connected through the vagus nerve. Um, So I think my tools is teaching people, like, how do we use the power of touch? How do we use the power of smell? How do we use our nervous system as a tool to go deep into healing?
0: And I'm, I'm curious on, because I've heard this many times, like your mind goes first and then your body leads. Your perspective is opposite or what do you what do, what do you think? So the body leads first. Okay. The mind follows. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes.
1: So in the polyvagal theory, which is the study of the vagus nerve, which is the second longest nerve in the body, it starts from the back of the head and goes all the way down to the colon. And it connects and it interweaves with our heart, our lungs, our, our bladder, um, our uterus, like our reproductive organs, like everything, the vagus nerve is connected to everything in the body. And it acts as a major highway point for the body and the brain to connect. So the body has more sensory nerves going upwards, like traveling upwards for communication than the brain does traveling down. So the vagus nerve, it's kind of like a highway, right? Like one side of the road, the body has access to communication and there's more communication this way then the brain traveling down with communication has less communication. So the body is actually what's communicating the most to your brain about what it's seeing, what it's feeling, what it's hearing, what it's understanding. That's our first language. Like our body is our first language because if you think about it, right? As kids, as infants, we don't have the power of speaking. We only see the world through our body, through what we, through the nervous system, right? Like wow. through what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're hearing, what we're tasting. What's the other one? <laughs> They're like the five senses. I always can only name four and I like forget the last one, but you get what I mean, right? I
0: get it. I get it. Oh <laughs> my God. You're blowing my mind. I'm like, holy shit balls. Like, I mean, it makes so much fucking sense. So is there... Uh, and, but, and I'm thinking of just us as a society, especially in the Western world, it's like, we're so fucking disconnected from our bodies. And that's actually something mm-hmm. I'm really working on recently. So this is so fucking right on time, of course. Um, but <laughs> so how can we get more in tune with our bodies? Is it through the breath work? Is it through all yeah. of it? Like, what, what do you, what's your take on that? Like, how can we get more in tune yeah. Yeah, so I want us to really focus on
1: like the first 7 years of our life. I want us to go back to that inner child like and you can relate to this with all the inner child healing work that you do and the power mm-hmm. of inner child healing is like let's take away the judgment, right? Cuz that's the brain wanting control over our life. Let's take away um the mental world for a hot minute cuz we're really educated on it, right? and let's educate ourselves with the body. So encouraging people to get back in touch with their five senses, like, we are so sensory deprived in our culture. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. on our iPhone. We're, we're always just in some mental space, right? Mm-hmm. The mental energy is very masculine energy. Um, and you see that that's dominant in our culture, right? And feminine energy is discredited. It's chucked away. It's unimportant in our society, which is totally not okay. Um, mm-hmm. And the power of healing is the power of that feminine energy, the power of the body. That's what feminine energy is, is the power of the body. So, encouraging mm-hmm. people to go outside and really get in touch with their sensories. So, that mindfulness. Like what what does a tree look like? Why is it this color? Like really examining what does a tree sound like when the wind is like blowing through the trees? Like getting back in touch with those sensories, how we first understood the world, getting back to that avenue. And um, you'd be surprised about how unlocked you can get and how in tune with your intuition you can get when you
0: drop into your sensory. Holy shit balls. Uh, Yes. I I love, I love everything you're saying. It makes so much sense. And do you recommend people talking to their body? Like, does that help as well?
1: Yes. So that's a major thing that I do in my sessions with my clients is body talk. We figure out which part of the body is most powerful because organs, organs have their own, um, cognitive language. Um, they have their own intuition. And so I asked people to figure out which part of your body is most powerful and start talking to it. Like, for me, it's my skin. Like my, my power is my skin. Like I, it's a, it's a skin trait for me. You can actually figure out your skin traits or your body traits, I should say, and understand how they communicate. That is the first way I healed was to understand, my organs, <laughs> literally, and how to clear emotional patterns from the organs and figure out which organ is most powerful, which one I feel safest in, right? Because trauma makes us feel, and trauma actually disconnects us from the body and leaves us in our mental space, only in the brain space. So mm-hmm. we feel really uncomfortable when people say oh well I feel really disconnected to my intuition it's like actually you're just disconnected to your body um because mm-hmm. most people shut off feeling right we're too scared to feel angry we're too nervous to feel sad like we put away our we start putting away our sensory powers right I'm too mm-hmm. afraid to feel um mm-hmm. so hopefully that answers our question I'm like going off the deep end right now no babe keep going <laughs> okay. like it's, it, yeah no
0: this is so powerful and it like resonates so much and Oh my God. Like so um going out so tuning into the senses. And I'm just like everything you're saying, I'm like, yes. So tuning into your senses, going out in nature, like what am I seeing? You know, what am I feeling? How's the wind feel on my skin? All the things awesome. Yes. Um, breath work, talking to your body. I'm curious though, is it just through working with you or just asking your intuition which organ is my strongest? Like, how do you identify that? Like, how do you uncover that?
1: Yeah. Um, so I really have like start with that breath work. Start with that um, tool that we talked about in the beginning of just like tuning into which hand is moving more—the hand over the heart or the hand over the belly. If it's the hand over the belly, you're already in touch with your intuition. That's a sign that your intuition you're starting to connect to. Um, And then just really pay attention. Like what I, what I like to do is the nervous system and the body actually communicates. Let's go back to that explanation of the vagus nerve. The body communicates from bottom to top. The brain communicates from top down. So to, to get in touch with the intuition, we start from the bottom. So we start with the feet, right? And we move the way up the body. So that's a great way to also get in touch with what is my strongest area in the body and how can I start to work with it? Starting with the feet and asking, is this the strongest point of my body? Pay attention to your toes, pay attention to your ankles, your knees, um, and just travel up the body. That's how the nervous system likes to communicate. And that's where we get really in touch and align with our intuition.
0: Wow. So like maybe like Google an organs list. Cause honestly, I don't even know about all my organs. So like, and then just go through it and like ask the question and see if you hear the answer, feel the answer, know the answer, see the answer, like all the other, right? Like that's how you would know and just trust. Like it's the ultimate, just trusting. Yeah.
1: And you just brought up so many important things there when you said like, do you see, do you feel, do you hear? Because everybody's intuition is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't wanna see actually. Um, as a kid, I was open and I do not wanna see spirits. So I asked my body that I, I, I'm not ready for that. Um, but my strongest is through feeling and through knowing, which is through the heart. Um, so yeah, and it's a change, you know? Like, I think the power of intuition is just to start to understand the body just a little mm-hmm. bit more every day. Like, how are you doing today? Checking in with our, with our, with our vessel, you know, like our body is the birthplace of our spirit and it's, it's the authenticity of a true awakening is to understand the body first because that's where our spirit comes into it, it. rests here. It's, 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 it's birthplace.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, babe. I, I'm loving this. I'm loving our talk so much and the energy is so strong, like the, the connection, the internet connection went in and out and yo, every fucking time when I record, like it's always great connection. And then I'm recording a podcast and it's like the energy that you bring is like powerful. So I love it. I love it. But I just wanted to highlight that for the listeners. Like, sorry guys, like, cause I don't edit my podcast. It's unfiltered. So Yeah. But okay, so now we're gonna get into the post that triggered my soul that I love. Okay, so much that like, oh my god, that I was like everything I needed. So it was one of your posts that you that you wrote, and you said your your. Okay, let me like I really want the impact. <laughs> yes. Your spirit guides aren't here to give you guidance, and it was one of those scrolling like that you keep scrolling, and then another one that really connected me from that same post was. True guidance is found within not a cons- a constant search outside of self. Girl, so let me explain to you why this triggered my soul, but in the best way, like not triggered in a bad way, but triggered in like, wow, like it, it just was so phenomenal because I've had a past history of looking outside of myself for validation, for acceptance, for for, for permission, for all the shit, all the things. And when I began on the spiritual awakening journey, like a couple of years ago, like when I was like 22 or so, you know, I recognized that, that it was like this um, belief, of not feeling good enough, not capable enough, looking outside of myself, blah, blah, blah. So then I really started working on, quote unquote, working on it. But then uh, when I went full-time in my business, a couple months after that, I was in a financial rock bottom, like so fucking low. And it was like a lot of like, ego and a lot of fears and a lot of like scarcity and survival energy and babe I literally would meditate for like eight hours eight like I mean I don't know but but like and I didn't realize at the time until like a little bit after that I was literally giving my power away to spirit because I wanted spirit to save me like it Mm wasn't bad so then I done a lot of work I came that was in 2018 so I've done a lot of work and a lot of healing around that And you know, every once in a while it comes up, but then recently, and this is why it triggered the shit out of me, but in a good way, was that recently I uncovered that through my, my, one of my friends, that I had a fear of mediumship because when I was younger, I would see things and it freaked me out and I like shut that shit down and all the things. So that I had this fear of mediumship and that it was blocking, yes, I hear my guides, but it was blocking my connection of having a stronger relationship with my guides. So I was like, all right, I did a lot of healing work on this. I'm currently in a mediumship course and I fucking love it. I feel so much more powerful, but I'll be honest with you. The intention behind that was so I can have a strong relationship with my spirit guides so I can receive more guidance and direction, like straight up. It is is what it is. So when I saw this, I was like... Holy shit. She's speaking to me. I need her on the show so that you can kind of like, I'm so curious to know your perspective because I feel like for me personally, this is a deeper level of healing that mm-hmm. I need to face because I totally, I totally was relying on my spirit guides to give me the guidance. So yeah, and that was a lot, but can you kind of just share your take on this? Like, I would love to know yes. your perspective.
1: So we come from the same place. Okay. When I first started my spiritual awakening, I was so terrified because I was like past lives, like, you know, uh, mediumship abilities. I felt so scared and I I felt like I couldn't rely on myself. I couldn't rely on my own guidance because I was like, well, how am I supposed to make sense of this shit? It's crazy. Like I feel crazy. Um, and so I did a lot of that searching, like through, tar- like, I can't tell you, Kelly, like I had, I literally have like 50 tarot decks, like, sh- like I had an actual addiction to like buying tarot decks. Um... <laughs> Because a, I was good at it. Like I was good. But also I would be like, okay, like I would like, you know, that, you know, that thing that we do in the deck where we like pull the card out and we see the one that we definitely don't want. So we put it back and we pull the other one and we're like, all right, now I feel better about myself. Uh, <laughs> that was me. And I would like listen to pick a card readings on YouTube, like all the time, because I was like, well, I need somebody to tell me that everything's going to be okay. that like, things are going to work out, that I'm not going nuts, that like something's going to unfold for me. Like I was on on that constant search for like, kind of like this change, like shift me out of this, like heavy reliance on things that weren't of me. Right. Um, and I think I got too caught up in those spiritual tools that we all have as my only avenue for healing. So that post actually came from my own journey. And what I realized was I literally, um, had this realization that I was like, oh, I'm codependent on my, on my guides. Like, no wonder they're not like giving me direction or giving me like X, Y, Z that I want because I'm not asking myself. And I realized I was like, I'm a spirit guide. Like we're all spirit guides, right? Like we're spirit guiding ourselves through human experience. And we really have to check in with our own intuition. And so it pointed me to this Part of myself where I was like, why am I so disconnected from myself? Like, why can't I trust my guidance? Why do I feel so disconnected? And I realized like the search of guidance was really a search for safety because I wasn't feeling safe in my body with who I was, like all the things that started to unfold for me, my spiritual awakening that made no sense. Um, and then when I slowly could understand that, I was like, oh, the body is the solution. I need to connect to my body. And so in 2020, I took like a six week course on the nervous system. Um, and I understood how we we are supposed to truly connect and seek guidance is from the body because it's so intuitive. Um, and it's also the most neglected. We go to our mind to solve everything. We go to, you know, psychics to solve everything, but the body was built for that the body was built for guidance the body was built for everything that we're looking for but trauma makes this creates this disconnect from the body so then we start looking outside of self like the the one one ones and the symbols and you know you know I saw this this song keeps playing right we like start to lose a little bit of ourselves over time so I think that's my long short story of like oh where God. that post came from. And I was like, I know there's other people that experience this, just like me. And I'm, I'm gonna make this post. I was actually terrified to make the post. But I was like, wow. you know what, I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> oh my God, God bless girl. I'm so glad you did that because that's why we're here today. Because it literally, yes. it spoke to my soul. And when I said triggered, I wasn't like triggered in a bad, like not in like, oh my God, this bitch. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, tell me more. Because when you said, like just right now, when you said codependent on oh my guides, I was like, oh shit, you talking to me because I'm healing my relationship of co-independency with my mom currently. So yes. I'm like, yo, that's the next level. Like that is the next level for me, but I'm not there yet because I'm still in the process of trusting my mediumship ability. So I know like I need that a little, like I need that strong connection, but I do see you as my future. Like everything you're saying right now, I'm like, okay, this is where I'm headed. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to honor where I'm at right now, but I'm curious for you, babe, if you can walk us through, let's say like it's your everyday life. Right. And you have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. How do you consult your body or like how, and I know everyone's different, but like, how does your body communicate with you to give you the guidance, you know? Yes.
1: So I noticed a huge shift in my decision-making when I healed my nervous system because the nervous system was what helps us decide what's safe or not in the future, what feels comfortable or not, um, and what are we ready for, basically. And when I realized that my nervous system really wasn't ready for a lot of things, it wasn't ready to come out of a comfort zone, it wasn't ready to learn, it actually wasn't ready to heal. It was used to like the same, the nervous system actually adapts from our past. So even if our past was chaotic, our nervous system gets used to it. So safety can feel foreign. it can feel weird to be in, in safety. We don't trust it. We're like, wait, things are feeling too good right now. Something mm-hmm. messed up's gonna happen. I just know it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I realized that decision making is all about like really tapping into that nervous system. And when I realized that my body could feel safe about the future, I realized that no matter no matter what decision I made, I was going to be fine. Like right now, I'm straight up about to move. Um, At the end of the summer, I have no plans. I don't know how much money I'm going to have until um, like one or two weeks to the wire of my move. And I trust everything because I feel safe currently in my body. And I know that I've always been able to figure things out. And I think the nervous system needs proof of, of, of safety, of new experiences, right? It needs to know that like, if I were to make a decision, let's just I'm Trying to think of what decisions I could use. Like,
0: like let's if I were make that. okay, sorry, oh, but no, on. no, you go actually. I was yeah. gonna say, like, because you're moving, so let's say, like, there's two apartments or two houses that you're looking yeah. into. Like, can we use that as an example, or is that too superficial? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I think that
1: when I make the decision, my body has to know the comfort of the decision. Does that make sense? Like it has to feel comfortable with moving. And I've never had my own place. I've always lived with roommates. I've always lived with um, like family, rented rooms. Um, So this is a brand new experience for me. So it's actually been really terrifying for me to tell my body, Hey, I know this is a new experience that you're going to live on your own, but it's okay. And I think decision-making really comes down to getting out of a comfort zone. And I think that fear and the decision making that we make has a lot to do with what we're comfortable with and what we're not. And then that indecision of oh my god, am I making the right decision? Is everything going to work out okay? Am I going to be okay? Like, what if this goes wrong? What if X goes wrong? Is because the nervous system doesn't know we haven't had proof of this new experience, so I don't know if we're going to be safe or not. So the body will bring out all these past experiences of like, look what didn't work out. Look how this ruined. Like, look how this got ruined from X, Y, Z. So I think it's this. Like decision-making is a practice in the body.
0: Okay, girl. So like what I'm getting from everything you're saying is everything comes to the nervous system. Like everything goes down to the nervous system. Cause it's like, if your nervous system is not healed, then your body with something like that. So expansive, it's going to contract. It's going to like, be like, don't do it because you yes. haven't healed it. Right. Like you haven't healed. So it's the crucial, like the vital step is to first heal the nervous system and and like, then you can really trust your body's reactions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now my next follow-up question is, and this is so perfect. Cause I wrote it before you even said all this, but I'm like, oh, so love it. So how does someone know when their nervous system needs to be like, needs to do some healing on the nervous system? Like, what does that look yeah. like? Is there like, can you share with us?
1: Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll share a lot of things that I struggled with was, can I trust people? constant worrying if like the relationship I'm going to get into, whether it's romantic or business or friend. Oh no. Like what if they screw me over? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's some part in our body that doesn't quite feel safe in connection. Mm -hmm. Um, We feel like we can't trust and connection is crucial to, to build a healthy nervous system. So a lot of people just need to be able to connect with somebody in a safe way to actually trust themselves and trust others. So connection is crucial for healing a nervous system. So it means that you want to surround yourself with people who are healthy, who aren't toxic. Um, another thing when the nervous system is out of balance is the inability to process emotion. If you are trying to meditate your emotions away, I do that. <laughs> I really Guilty. Doing that. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> we don't always want to use meditation as a tool to escape what's like going on presently in the body. And what I learned through my studies is that emotion is really just like a chemical reaction, like through hormone and through, um, temperature rise like all these different things. Um, emotions are very physical and the nervous system really gets used to, or not gets, doesn't get used to the vagus nerve that nerve that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. um, gets uncomfortable with processing emotions. So I think if you're having a hard time with anger and sadness and fearing those emotions, that's a sign that your nervous system isn't doing too well. Um, digestion, horrible digestion. If you have like IBS, if you have um, like digestive issues, big sign the nervous system is is not doing great. If you can't recover from stress, like. The, this is a commonality I struggle with complex PTSD my whole life, where the body almost feels like it's getting electrocuted all day, and you're oh. just kind of like your your muscles are tense, your shoulders are like you know all the way up to your ears. <laughs> um, oh. That's another sign that the nervous system is stressed. Posture as well. If you don't have a healthy posture, um, that's a sign. <laughs> another sign, which is actually like. Kind of weird and funny and cool at the same time. If you notice that your tongue is stuck to the roof of your mouth a lot. I used to have these like nightmares from my complex PTSD where I'd wake up and my tongue was literally like glued to the roof of my mouth. It's because my fight or flight was activated. I wasn't no longer in a rest phase in my body or a digest phase. I was in a, I'm in danger. I got to get out of here phase. So there's some subtle signs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought if your tongue is up there, that means you're resting your jaw. Or is that like it could be, but when it comes to the nervous system, it means that you're stressed. Wow, babe. Holy moly. (laughs) And like so it's interesting because I always thought to calm the nervous system of like that survival energy that like you versus me, me versus you, like that scarcity, that lack that's what I think of when I think of like the nervous system being off balance. Like I thought for sure meditation to kind of calm your nervous system. But so you're saying like, it's not always the go-to tool, right? Like yeah. it's just one of the tools of like the buffet of tools that you can use.
1: Yeah. So meditation can actually be really bad for people who are in like a state of PTSD or trauma it can actually traumatize them more because people with complex PTSD or people in trauma they want to keep their body moving to sit comfort like to sit still feels really uncomfortable and I've actually Mm -hmm. known a lot of people like myself where like I used to be upset or like think something was wrong with me because I couldn't meditate and it was just because my nervous system was like constant on the lookout for danger, hypervigilance, like not feeling safe. So to stop your survival mechanism, because like being on the run actually feels comfortable for you to stop that automatically feels like you're doing something wrong or feels like you're unsafe. So we've had a lot of people kind of say like, well, I felt like I was bad because I couldn't meditate. And I'm like, no, your nervous system is just adapted to being on the go and like stopping and, and staying safe feels uncomfortable. Cause your new form of safety has been movement and to not sit still.
0: Wow. So what would you recommend instead? Like, I know some types of breath works you're like moving. It's like very active. Yes. I know the nature, maybe nature, like yeah. what else, what, like what else would you recommend?
1: Yeah. I think meditation? there's so many different forms of meditation that we can do. We can go for a nature walk. We can cook. We can, um, what are the other things I like? um honestly getting a massage like if you yeah. can get a massage like craniosacral massage um myofascial release really good for the trauma body um so uh-huh. there's so many other things that you can do so many other avenues in healing the nervous system that people don't really even think about mm-hmm. so i encourage people to google myofascial release massage craniosacral because it's all about like healing the nervous system and the trauma body
0: I love that, babe. Ah, oh, yes, <laughs> queen. Um, and then, all right. So I had one one other post that you did that I, uh, today, just shared to my Instagram stories that I'm really curious to find more because I'm also guilty of this is, um, what is, okay, you said, this was like your caption below. You're like, humans are the shit. Can we stop acting like humans ain't shit in the spiritual community? We are resilient AF. You were a spirit who wanted to be a human. So this was like, oh my God, I needed to hear this because I, I want to say I don't shit on humans, but I do shit on, like when I'm like pulling cards for people, I'm like, you know, that human mind, I shit on the human mind. There you go. Mm -hmm. But I, but I guess you're right. That is still part of being a human. So I'm curious your perspective because I feel so like when I heard that, I was like, yo, that is totally me. So I would love your perspective on that. Yes.
1: Yes. Actually, give me one second to get my phone charger. I'm so sorry. My phone currently is...
0: <laughs> okay so we're back and now your perspective on humans being the shit like let's stop yeah. shitting on humans so I'm well, yeah. lo- would please tell me your perspective
1: okay so I'm gonna walk you through a visual here I want you to imagine all of your past life your spiritual team um your power animals like everybody on the other side um that helped you reincarnate right like they were like Spirits die to be human. Like they literally want to have this experience, right? Like they chose to be human. It wasn't like they were already spirit and they're like, there's just more to life, man. There's just there's gotta be more. And I truly, that's what I truly believe. That's what being human is, is like, creating this spectrum or this expansion of spirit and being able to express ourselves in such a beautiful way. Like the power of emotion, like in in the human realm, like emotion is like the worst thing. they're like, oh, you know, I'm always sad. I'm always pissed off. I'm always fearful. And it's like, actually there's a lot of power and knowledge behind our emotional expression. And I think it's one of the most powerful things on being human. Like your spirit team is like, like cheering you on on the other side, having this human experience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me, I kind of got sick and tired of like shitting on myself (laughs) where I was like, (laughs) I just want to be a shaman. I'm like, get out, get the fuck off this planet. Like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) It's uncomfortable to be here sometimes. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of shit that goes down. Um, But I realized that like, that was a form of like disassociation where um, I only wanted to associate with myself as spirit. Um, but the truth is, is that I'm a shaman and I'm having a human experience. I'm human. So I think the spiritual communities, we really need to get behind integrating this experience where right? I feel like in the spiritual community, like spirit is something separate. It's almost like there's a sign in the office in the spiritual realm, that says like we don't talk about spirits here right but then there's a sign in the human realm like we don't talk about humans we only talk about spirit so I think that like if that makes sense like I feel like we hold this sign in spirituality that's like we can't talk about humans because they're they're the worst um the spirit knows the most and it it's better than you right like this whole like I have to be like my higher self and I have to be like my I have to seek guidance from my spiritual team. Um, And it starts to really disconnect us from who we are because our identity is human. Like we are on earth, right? We're not off in the shamanic realm or I'm not off there all day, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I think we really need to interweave humanness again in the spiritual communities and honor
0: I hear you. I do. And it's like, but how can we give love to our human mind that loves to keep us small, loves to keep us stuck, loves to keep us in fear, you know? And I get it. Like, so I get, like, I've I've developed a a more empowering relationship with my ego. Like, okay, ego, I see you, you try to keep me safe. Like, and that has helped with me having a little bit more compassion with the human ego. Um, But I'm just curious if you have any, like, perspective on, like, how can we give our, our human self more love and integrate yeah. that, you know?
1: And I'm going to tie it right back to the body, right? Because we think of being human as a very mental thing. Like, we have to very in that brain space. But we don't think about human and what it means to be in the body. Um, And I think that that's the true healing that's needed because we're not really supposed to function really only with our mental space. But because of our culture and these toxic narratives, we are stuck in our survival brain, right? Mm -hmm. And the survival brain is there for us to help us survive, but it's not how we're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to get back in touch with the body because the body doesn't ask questions. It just... It just is. It just is there going back to that masculine energy in the mental mind and then the feminine energy, you know, honoring women's bodies, honoring like the body. And I think that for us to understand humanness is to really just get back in touch with our whole being, not just like the bits and parts of our humanness and Mm -hmm. our spiritness.
0: Totally, babe, and like what just came through was like unconditional love, like just yeah, like being compassionate to yourself. Yeah, when you're like ego wants to go crazy, or your mind, or, or your physical body. Because I know a lot of people that have a lot of um, you know, ex- experiences with their body. It's like they yeah. want to hate on their body. Like, come on, like um, yeah. So it's I feel like it's really also just tuning into that unconditional love, no regard. Yes, yeah. yeah, and a practice, right? Like I feel like yeah. it's a practice. Yeah.
1: And I think the one thing I learned too during my healing journey is that like, it's okay to be in survival mode. Like we don't have to think that we're, there's something wrong with us if we can't turn off the mind or if we have racing thoughts, like that's a part of our existence that's like there for a reason. Um, And I think the gateway to integrating the body and the spirit is that vagus nerve. Um, Really just tying this into my brother is a nurse um, and a lot of nurses run into compassion burnout. And what they're finding is that the vagus nerve is a compassion organ in the body. So it allows us to actually create that space of unconditional love and compassion, but trauma burns out our vagus nerve. And so we're stuck um, either feeling really, really unsafe and disconnected from the body or just in the mind of control and survival. And so to heal those two, Going back to how the vagus nerve connects the brain and the body, if that's weak, if that's not um, healthy, then we're going to have a hard time integrating our human experience.
0: Mm, so powerful. And have you um, done work with uh, Dr. Joe Di- Dispenza? Because I know he talks about the, the yeah. vagal a lot, the nerve a I, lot. I haven't,
1: but I like love him. Um, it would be a dream of mine to like be on a podcast or <laughs> something with him.
0: <laughs> oh my God, totally. But you've read his books and stuff, right? Like, Or so, no, not even? I
1: haven't even read his books. I'm gonna be sure to be up honest. I follow him on Instagram. And when I first started my spiritual awakening to understand like what I was doing wrong and what I needed to know more of, he was the person that I really was um, looking to for guidance and like learning new
0: stuff. I, but I love that it's in your own perspective, your own delivery. This has been phenomenal. Um, <laughs> is there any question I didn't ask you that you wish I would have asked you or anything on your heart that you really want to share?
1: I think that that's it. I think, like, we'll end with that, like, we are all powerful, right? I think we need to be reminded um, that we have everything that we need, Um, and we can use these tools and modalities, like, like, you know, tarot decks and sound healing and crystals, but we have to eventually come back to our own power and our own knowledge, and I want that for everybody, right? Like, I want to celebrate our humanness, again, I want to celebrate the power that we're born with that that um, we don't really tap into. Um, and that's the work that I do is sitting with people and seeing them in their power and watching it unfold in session and really instilling that narrative that we all have the power to heal. And it's okay if things aren't always going your way. It's okay if things feel like stuck or you feel frustrated. We all feel like that. Um, but it's also okay to celebrate yourself. Um, I think we create this to-do list in healing where the list never ends. And we don't take time to actually be like, yeah, I did that damn thing. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what? I started a business or I graduated school or I did the damn thing. Like, I think we need to celebrate ourselves more and um, not be so hard on ourselves in the healing space. And just like you said, in the call, like honoring where you're at and it's okay. (laughs) <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. Queen snaps, snaps. Yes. Um, okay. My last question I asked all my guests, um, this is the empowered you podcast, right? So when was the last time you felt truly empowered and why?
1: Ooh, man, you're asking me to go deep. I love this. So I know this is going to sound wild, but yesterday was like one of the most powerful days, um, that I think I've ever had because I never thought I could get to a point where I felt safe to be me. Like Mm -hmm. as a woman of color running her own business, um, pushing past the narrative that all I am is black trauma. Um, I think all the work that I've done, I actually haven't take time to celebrate myself. And yesterday I did. Um, and I had a client so powerful. She literally said to me after session, she's like, so I was, I was expecting that to be like, good, but like, that was I wasn't expecting it to be that powerful like this session that we had and I was like it's and in my mind I was like and I wanted to tell her this later and I will and I was like it's because you're powerful right mm-hmm. like you showed up to this space and you got a taste of your own medicine um and it just reminded me that like, that's my gift is that that's what I get to be in this life is just be myself and it's enough and that's um, where my power is
0: uh, um, I never thought I could get to this place and I'm here you'll see so so amazing babe oh my god I'm so I'm so excited for you and like yeah I could totally feel your power and I'm so glad that those posts that you're like ah should I do it should I not and you went through with it like a way to honor your body because I am so happy this conversation was amazing um where can people find you is there anything you want to offer today any programs any I mean yeah the floor is yours
1: yeah so right now a little baby
0: entrepreneur
1: so I'm on instagram at the wild dot wait hold on
0: While,
1: hold on, I'm so
0: funny. It's gonna be in the. It's gonna be in the show notes. I'm gonna add it all in the show notes. It'll
1: be in the show notes. I'm like tripping (laughs) on my words right now. Um, But yeah, so I have many ways that you can work with me if anybody feels called into shamanism is to really, shamanism is a time of activation, a time of remembrance and a time of integration. If you're feeling called to do that work, you can follow me on the Wild Shaman on Instagram. And I have links there for you to schedule calls with me. I am doing um, coaching and I also have a program that I'm opening up in the beginning of fall that I can't wait to really start promoting and talking about. But in the meantime, I do take personal clients um and you can find me there
0: (laughs) word and you're baby you're no baby entrepreneur you have clients i've seen like you're like i have four spots now i have two now i have one so like (laughs) you're good um but thank you so much for hanging out with us thank you for all the wisdom that you brought your energy your perspectives i mean you definitely like not every episode do i re-listen to but for this one i'm totally going to re-listen to it because you dropped some Major gems and just like paradigm shifts that I really, my intention is that the listeners really, really are open and absorb what you're sharing and really let it integrate in their spirit and their mind, yeah. their body, all the things. Um, so thank you so much, Ellie. You are such a gift to us all. And, <laughs> uh, Sunshines, I there you have it. I know this episode was super, super fun and powerful, like it blew my mind. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. So definitely share it with your people, take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram at it's Kelly Espino, and let us know your thoughts, your takeaways. Just know that I really love you and I appreciate you, and I'm sending you all so much love, light and positive vibes. Till next time, bye. Bye.